Well, our speaker and band weren't able to stay through Sunday, but y'all, what y'all do is just so amazing, and thank y'all so much. We really enjoy it. Well, this weekend has been everything a Disciple Now weekend should be. Um, it's included late night activities, staying up way too late and waking up early, uh, late night snacks, a rush to the hospital. Um, every, everything that involve, is involved in a D-Now happened this week. And so, uh, but all of these things, uh, you know, the, the kids, we, we all had uh, meals, each meal, and th those who prepared meals, thank you. Those who hosted the students, thank you very much. And uh, you leaders as well, thank you all for devoting this weekend to spend time with, with our students and help them grow and understand this concept of pressing pause. And uh, it's, it's a concept we all, you know, we, we like the sound of it, but it's really one of those things that's like, really, I can't pause my life. I can't just pause it in. I got all this other stuff going on. But it's, it's an important thing that we have to do in order to grow in, in our relationship with God. And uh, I got a uh, dictionary definition of what pressing pause means. And it means to cease or suspend an action temporarily, to linger or tarry, or a break, stop, or rest, often for a calculated purpose or effect. So a few things are important to note here. One is a pause is only temporary. You will press play again. Number two, a pause is for a certain reason. You need to think before you press pause. You have to intentionally press pause in order for you to, you to have that time with God, calling a time out for yourself. And three, a pause is for the purpose of lingering. You need to make time for pausing. You can't just pause and press play again and expect things to be going well or to be restored or re feeling renewed. You need to press pause and let it linger for a while. Some people press pause and immediately hit the play button because they can't stand the silence or solitude or just the quiet time with God. But it's needed. We know that it's important because God created us to sleep. And sleep, we, we all sleep for about a third of our lives. So we know that pausing... Taking time out is important. He knows we need the rest. So pressing pause is this idea of seeking God in silence and solitude through prayer and Bible study. That's kind of been our theme and definition of what pressing pause is. And we, ha and we have studied in what it takes to accomplish the pause in our life, but it's, it's not just enough to know what this means. You have to actually apply it to your life. We have to put it to use. Pressing pause prepares us to make a Im major impact on the, on the world around us. In other words, it prepares us to live life in play. So I have a quick video for you I want to share. Maybe the sound is not hey, up. I know you're busy. Truth be told, you may be the busiest generation of teenagers to ever live. But then again, you don't need to be told that. You already know. Think about it. You're experts on being busy. I mean, what, you've got school, right? And let's not just leave it at that. School is more than just the time you spend there. You have tests, quizzes, projects, homework, drama with teachers, drama with friends, and it doesn't stop there. A lot of you play sports for your school. Maybe you play football or baseball, basketball or soccer. Maybe it's hockey or lacrosse, cheerleading, volleyball or track. 
Maybe it's not sports at all. Maybe it's band or drama or student government or one of a million different clubs. For most of you, your school day isn't eight to three, it's six to five. What about after school? Maybe you have a job. Maybe you work at the mall or a coffee shop or at a restaurant. Maybe you babysit your neighbor's kids. Your job has its own demands on your life and your time. And if you're not committing your time to school or sports or clubs or work, it's family and friends. Relationships take a ton of time and energy, and that's if they're going well. Your parents, your sisters, your brothers, they all need or want your attention, and you want to give it to them. But then there's your friends, or your boyfriend, or girlfriend to think about, and they need your time too. But with school, sports, and your job, and your family, it's hard. We didn't even mention youth group stuff. When you think about it, your time is virtually accounted for every minute of the day. And with this time comes stress. And with stress comes a ton of other issues. Good thing you have downtime to rest. Yeah. Let's be honest. There isn't a lot of time when you're just hanging out. If you're not doing any of this stuff, you're on Facebook or YouTube or another website, or you're texting, or watching a movie, or a TV show, or listening to music, or playing a video game. Or maybe you're watching a video on Facebook while you're texting and listening to music. Did I mention homework? Oh, yeah. I guess we did. Look at all of this. It's kind of unbelievable. In the midst of this chaos, there's not a lot of time left for you. And if that's true, if in the midst of all this busyness, all of this commitment, all of this responsibility, all of this noise, if there's no time to be found for you, there's certainly no time to be found for your relationship with God. If you're going to grow closer to God, you have to make time. You have to learn to hit pause on all of this and connect with God. Are you up to it? All right. Thank y'all. So that's what we've been talking about this weekend, is just recognizing all this stuff we've got going on, like John Jones had all the football gear and backpacks and everything. We just got to, we have to press pause and just, and make time for God, because he is our source of strength, he is our hope, and uh, our purpose is to live for him. And so, um, my my first point, if you're taking notes uh, with your journals, students, um, my first point is living life in play equals joining God in his mission. Living life in play equals joining God in his mission. So we're going to turn over to Matthew chapter 28 and verses 16 through 20, and this is a scripture uh, Mrs. Smith read earlier. So as you're turning there, I hear a lot of pages turning from the student section. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Um, the, the little background here is Jesus, this is uh, after Jesus Christ was crucified, buried, and risen, and he walked along the earth uh, showing himself uh, to his disciples and to many others during this time. And for, it was a period of 40 days, and it's the last recorded interaction Christ had with his disciples in the book of Matthew. And it's in these words Jesus challenges his disciples to embrace a life of service. And this is the same call we have on our lives today. So I want to read this together. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we know that Luke is, Matthew's the uh, author of Matthew, but Luke is the author of Luke and Acts, the book of Acts. And the book of Acts records a similar account of Jesus' last interaction with his disciples. And we'll read it in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And Jesus said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. So it's clear from both of these accounts that Jesus had something very specific in mind. He wanted his disciples to be people who led other people to know him. They wanted Jesus, Jesus' call in their lives was to tell other people about him, about his saving work. And guess what? This is the same call that God has called us to. And this has a ton to do with what we've been talking about making time to seek God by pressing pause is how you lay the foundation for a life lived on mission for God. Pressing pause is how you lay the foundation for a life of mission with God. It's how you prepare yourself to obey Christ and to tell others about him. So there's a pretty big fascination in some people to know and interpret people's last words. Last words, that the last thing they say before they, they pass. And here's a list of some famous last words that you may, may have heard before. Some are mixed with uh, probably legend and hearsay, while others are probably accurate. Pope Alexander VI said, wait a minute. Caesar Augustus said, the play is over. Winston Churchill, I'm so bur- bored with it all. George, George Harrison, one of the Beatles, Love one another. Teddy Roosevelt, please put out the light. And Steve Jobs, wow, wow, wow. There are a ton of collections of these last words. Some are funny, some are sad, and some are extremely meaningful. But there's something that captures your attention when it's someone's last words. In the case of Christ, we can add extra focus because Jesus was at full in, he was fully in control of the situation. He knew that this would be his last time with the disciples on earth. He knew the exact circumstances that were happening, and he knew that they were to be recorded in Scripture. But if we read to the very end, the Bible to the very end, we know that these aren't Jesus' last words, because Jesus is still alive today. But if you look in the very back of your Bible in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, Jesus speaks again, and in the second to the last verse... And I love this. Second to the last verse, Jesus says, Yes, I am coming soon. Jesus' promise to us is that he is still alive today. Our Savior is alive. Isn't that awesome to know that he is alive and that he's coming back again for us and that he's here with us? As Christians, we're called to join God in his mission of sharing his love to others until the day we die or until the day he returns. We're called to make God known and lead others to him. The question we have to ask ourselves is how we're, how we're preparing ourselves to do this. So this is my second point. 
Hitting pause equips us to live in play. Hitting pause equips us to live in play. We have to face the fact that preparation is huge when it comes to our ability to effectively lead others to Christ. We can't replicate or multiply what we don't have in the first place. Did you hear me? We can't replicate or multiply what we don't have in the first place. We have to have a personal relationship with God if we're going to join Him in His mission. We have to have an intimate relationship with God. We have to know His Word and live according to His ways. And this is the groundwork for living our lives in play on God's mission. So look back with me, if you will, to Matthew 28, verse 20. Start at verse 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe that all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This verse is a great challenge to us because how is it possible to lead others and teach others about Christ if we don't know Scripture, if we don't know God's Word, and we don't have a relationship with Him? How effective will we be drawing others to Christ when we're so distant from Him? And so going back to our pressing pause definition, seeking God in silence and solitude through Bible study and prayer. This is, these are two things that we've really focused on this week. Pressing pause, but understanding the importance of prayer and Bible study and how we do those. Turn with me, if you will, to 2 Timothy, chapter 3. Second Timothy, chapter 3, and this is Paul's letter to a, a younger minister. I'm starting in verse 16. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So hitting pause equips us to live a life in play. In this, in this scripture passage, we're fast-forwarding a few deca- decades to the letter Paul, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy. And here we will flesh out a little more of what it looks like to teach each other about God's word and his ways. And we could spend a lot of time going deeper into these verses and what we're called to do, but for our purposes here, this verse gives us some structure of how we can begin to live a life, to press pause, and to live a life in play. Look where these concepts of teaching, rebuking, training, and correcting come from. Where do they come from? They come from a knowledge of God's Word. If we're going to teach others, lead others to Christ, we have to have a knowledge of God's Word and have a relationship with Him. When we look at this passage and the one in Matthew, we begin to see this idea that we're called to do much more than simply be good people. We're called to be more than people who don't drink, who don't cuss. God calls us to be messengers of his story, to share in his story. He calls us to teach people about him. He calls us to use our knowledge of his word to help shape others. If this intimidates you, this book is a big book. If it intimidates you, that's okay. It's a big calling, but it's not a mystery. We have God's word. We have his instruction. We have the Holy Spirit with us, and we have others to fellowship with and to grow closer to God together. 
if we've accomplished anything in our time together, it's understanding that the way to be effective in these things is very clear. We have to know God before we can lead others to Him. We have to take time out of our days to spend time with God. Several years ago, before most of you students were born, definitely before I was here, there was a devastating fire that broke out here in our church, our church building, that left the sanctuary, all but the sanctuary, uh, burned, burned away. It was a very sad moment in the life of this church. But as it turns out, God has a way of bringing unity and healing to our tragedies. After some time of planning and preparation, the church was ready to start build, rebuilding. For something of this nature, this preparation is every bit as important as the actual building. You have to prepare for a task this large. It's complex, but it's also symbolic. I know Brother Mark is going through a study in Nehemiah of rebuilding the walls. Rebuilding the walls in Jerusalem and, and you know, it it may not be as, uh, the walls may not have been as perfect and as grand as they had at first imagined them or, or anything, but it was really symbolic of their rebuilding, of, of gathering together, of coming together as a people. And so a lot, of, a lot of preparation went into that as well. And the idea here is that anything this momentous, anything this important has to be prepared for in a major way. We can say th the same thing about our lives as Christians. Our lives are ours to be stewards of. They're actually God's. God has given you the breath in your lungs, given you the life to live, given you your skills, your talents and abilities so that you can use them for his glory. It's a huge responsibility and the preparation is as big, if not bigger, than the actual execution of it. You know, you, you may not think you do a whole lot for God, uh, teaching a Bible study or a Sunday school class, but sometimes the, the most I grow in my knowledge of God's Word and in my prayer life and, and just my relationship with God is when I have to get up and lead others. And no, I may not be perfect at it. I may not, I'm definitely not perfect at it, but I'm st we're still learning. But the preparation grows you so much more. Just being prepared. I, I was talking to Stephen the other day about just how I'm challenged when I'm, when I'm called to teach that I, I, I just feel like I grow so much more, and maybe the execution of it isn't as great. But for me personally, I'm challenged to grow and to read God's Word in, 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 in preparation. I really like what it says in 1 Peter 3, chapter 3, verse 15. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared to give an answer for the reason that you have, the, re the hope that you have. We have to be ready at all times to share with others our faith, whether we're at the grocery store, on the football field, wherever it is. We have to be prepared for the task that God has prepared us for. And it's okay to be a little in awe of what God has called us to do. If we weren't in awe and wonder of what God has called us to do, it would probably mean we weren't listening very well. It's a big responsibility. But Jesus tells us back in Matthew 28, verse 20, that he is with us wherever we go. Jesus reminds us that as believers, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us permanently. And Jesus' disciples didn't quite know what this meant at the time. But we do. 
We have the Holy Spirit with us to guide us, to help us along the way. We know what it means to have the Spirit helping us along. God knows the call isn't going to be easy. He didn't leave us alone. He's with us wherever we go. He knows that we're sinful and weak. He knows that we're naturally prone to wander away from Him. He knows that we're selfish and will always look out for ourselves. But He also knows that somewhere deep inside of us, we long to make a difference, that we have that calling that He's placed on our lives, and that we desire to be a part of it. He knows that when we taste His love and forgiveness, that we would want to bring this gift to others. Once you experience the joy of Christ, of being saved, you'll want to share that with others. So God, in all of his amazing knowledge, planned all along to send his Spirit to help us in our calling. So students, this weekend has all been about pressing pause. You have t-shirts to remind you, you have journals to remind you, you have each other to remind you to press pause. You know what it means. You know where the pause button is in your life and only you can choose to press it. It's a decision that you have to make for yourself each and every day. Some days the pause button will be right in front of you, and you just, all you have to do is just take that time, just press pause for just a few minutes, but all these distractions come, and all you can see is them instead of the pause button right in front of you. A lot of times we see our Bible laying there on our table. Well, I, I just don't have time to do it, or I, you know, you see it there, but you don't actually hit the pause button to just talk to God. Build on your relationship with God. But pausing to spend time with God daily is the most important thing you can do in order to live a life in play. Because that's what, that's what our lives are. They're either in play or fast forward. We, gotta, we have to choose the pause button. Take time out of our day each and every day, to spend time with God, reflect on Him through Bible study and prayer. And in doing so, you will be better equipped and more prepared to live a life in play, living up to the mission that God has called you to do. Let's pray together. God, we love you and we thank you so much for all you do for us and for this time of worship together. how amazing it is to come together just pressing pause in order to deepen our relationship with you and glorify you. But God, no one can press the pause button for us. We have to, we have to choose to press pause each and every day because God, you're there. You're doing the work. You're, you're doing everything you can to call out to us. We are your children and you care for us and we know that you're with us. But God, how often we, we spend our time doing other things, focused on anything but you, our creator, who we cannot deny you exist. Through all your creation and your power and your wonder, through the very fact that we're alive and breathing today. And God, through these students, God, we see you alive in them. I pray that you would continue to grow them, that they would uh, build in relationships with you, God, deepen their relationships with you. And God, just this weekend has, has proven that they desire that. So God, help us, help each one of us to, to walk alongside one another, 
spending time with you, God, and embracing the silence at times, embracing the quiet, because we know you're there. Open up our eyes and our ears to hear you, to see you, and our hearts to feel your love so that we can share it with others. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.